land of confusion. That is exactly what we are all going through. And I know many people don't like to be told just how confusing everything seems to be, but it is. And that is the whole design of it. That is exactly how it was intended to confuse the people. So I'm glad to be back. I was actually contemplating, should I start today or not? Um, uh, most of you that actually know me know I never prepare to get on air. It's always kind of flow, but I kind of know in general what I want to talk about. And I think today it's important to just point out a couple of things, kind of rehash things, because unlike many other pundits or news syndicates, they tell you the news when it's not really news anymore, when it's not very effective in the sense of, well, we could have prevented that. And I guess, you know, the whole, I told you so, oh, aren't you tired? Well, now you're going to understand why there has been a delay. So I think we're going to start and we're actually going to use Department of Defense materials so I can train all of you in what is considered counterintelligence. But before we do that, I'm not going to rub a lot of salt. I just wanted to say, um, for those of you that caught my locals, it was kind of, you know, very raw, but we are all people. Uh, kind of uh, just uh, letting you guys know what's happening. I mean, uh, you know, all of us struggle in our lives uh, with various things. For me, I'm, I'm happy because, you know, the minute you're told, hey, you have a tumor somewhere, everything seems to be around that and you kind of just put everything else wayside. But for me, I was extremely lucky uh, that I have a very good surgeon and, you know, my issue is going to be fixable. Obviously, it's painful, but it's okay, right? Um. And when that time comes, obviously, I'm going to be scheduling my surgery. I have to worry about blood transfusions. So um, this week when I meet with the team, uh, I myself, considering I'm going to plan this, I'm going to wait until my new health plan, you know, because every winter you upgrade your insurance, change your insurance, right? And I self-pay my own health insurance. So I opted for a better plan. So I'm probably going to see if I can... Um, you know, without causing further harm or permanent damage to my organs. <laughs> and to see if I can push this for January. Uh, so that way, uh, it'll be less than, you know, what it would cost me with my insurance today. Because uh, that's something we all have to think about. And we all go through that, right? So that's, that's, that's fair enough. But for the blood, uh, because I have, uh, I am uh, resist negative and O, but I also... I'm not compatible with O, with everyone who is O. <laughs> I have to see and figure out, considering that I do know when my surgery is, if I can actually donate my own blood and my own plasma to have, um, you know, over time until my surgery. Uh, because there aren't many people on this planet that have the same blood as myself. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit more... Um, more negative. That's how I say it. I mean, there's people that call it golden blood. They call it something else. Uh, so uh, I, I, I will let you guys know, you know, what the process is. I mean, I'm going to go ask those questions to see and, um, <clears throat> and kind of try to figure out how I'm going to ensure, you know, I have enough blood on standby and plasma and whatnot. So I'm going to see if I'm going to be able to store my own blood for myself, you know, uh, due to religious whatever or whatever, right? Uh, 
So I'm like super O negative, like on, on docs, I'm O negative, but I'm like super negative. So I think I can donate my own blood to myself. And that's what I'm going to try to do. And as you see now in the news, uh, like I said, it was going to happen in 2020. Uh, there is going to be a differentiation within the blood. And this is why I had uh, done that extensive uh, show on hemovores because these people are sick and, and, and you're the cure. And, and that's something I hope, you know, that episode is still up on YouTube. So for those of you that want to kind of, you know, let people know that are kind of aware of what's going on with the blood, you guys need to watch that show again and see uh, what that really means. And uh, I, I did that episode because it was time to talk about it because Amy Klobuchar, you know, Kiev Klobuchar that I call her, Kiev, right? Because we're talking about Ukraine, but nobody's talking about Amy Klobuchar. And I'm like so confused. <laughs> Why aren't we talking about Amy? But all right, you know, all these news people are so smart. Um, so because Kiev Klobuchar had discussed uh, blood donations and they were trying to get that legislation done, as you can see, they've... Uh, They've planned this for a very long time, and uh, this new uh, blood bank uh, for non-vaccinated, uh, I can tell you, obviously non-vaccinated people will require it, but it is going to be for the vaccinated people because they need you. They definitely need you, and they need your blood. They're hemovores. I've said that before, and hopefully now it's starting to make more sense. So on that note, I thought that we could talk about two things. Before we get into it, and it'll segue, the elections. We all know how horrific everything is. We all know how distraught we all are. But we must understand that um, these eloquent speakers, those that we apparently, we were supposed to have elected these people, right? We have not. None of these people holding any office right now have been actually elected, okay? And, uh, you know, I'm of the fact that that knowledge and understanding things is food for your soul, food for the noose, you know, for your psyche, for your mind. You feel more confident. And these elites seem to find a way that they can deceive us. Because when they sell us ideas or tell us what is the news and what we need to be, you know, paying attention to, because they're more important than you and I. Uh, they know best, of course, right? They praise uh, the, the information that they're pushing on you. They're just like regular, you know, dealers on the street, you know, drug dealers uh, going to the supermarket. Yeah, I have the best oranges ever. And you're just like, mm, right. So they're like those that sell, sell, sell. This is all about selling ideas um, for you to uh, embrace and uh, flourish with <laughs> in, in their own way. And they praise everything they do indiscriminately, of course, right? Everything they do, there's no discrimination allowed. You're not allowed to talk about it. Right. And they try to play this uh, this role that the minute you lift your eyes up, you can see everything that's happening. And, and we're seeing a lot of that happen around the nation. So, as we know, uh, Arizona, just like I had foreseen, uh, was going to take their time to certify elections. And the reason being, it's the holidays. So now when Carrie Lake files, it'll have to wait till January and people will swear in and it'll cause more damage to rectify the issue than it will rectifying it, right? They're going to say, well, you know, tough. Right now, 
everyone's in office. We already swore in. Uh, this is uh, taking too much, right? So uh, I don't like this. And so this is going to be a battle for the court that will take even longer with Carrie Lake's filing. Because while many of you were like, oh, my gosh, Arizona's totally like de deliberating. They were buying time. Right. They were buying time because since that is now happening. Right. Um, well, now next week she files, then it's going to be like, okay, you have to respond by next week. And then it's the holidays. And then it's like, let's set another response. And then let's do the motions to dismiss. They dragged their feet. They were smart. They knew what they were doing. All corrupt people know what they're doing and they do it on, on purpose. Take a listen to um, what Epic Times reported on this. We start the evening with an update on the 2022 midterms. The state of Arizona certified the election results today, and Republican candidate Carrie Lake is responding. Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, Governor Doug Ducey, and other officials on Monday certified the state's vote canvas. This officially declares Hobbs a Democrat, the winner in the race for governor. And I just want to once again thank the voters of Arizona. Because of your participation, our democratic institutions thrived. Uh, stay engaged and keep voting. Election officials acknowledged there were mishaps in the November election, but said no one was disenfranchised. Hobbs, meanwhile, said, quote, Arizona had a successful election. The certification triggers recounts in three close races for attorney general, state superintendent and a state house seat. Republican candidates, including Carrie Lake, who ran for governor, and Abe Hamaday, who ran for attorney general, have said they will sue. They had to wait for the certification before they could formally challenge the results in court. And state law says they have five days to do so. Here's Lake speaking on The War Room with Steve Bannon on Monday morning. We're ready to go with what we believe to be an exceptional lawsuit. And we believe we will be victorious in that lawsuit. And we'll take it all the way to the Supreme Court if we have to. We will not stop fighting because the people of Arizona were disenfranchised. The candidates say machines malfunctioning in Maricopa County on election day led to voters being disenfranchised. Lake is also saying Twitter is disabling some functions of her account. Some of her tweets cannot be liked, shared, or retweeted. She's asking Elon Musk why. And now turning our attention to Georgia, the Senate runoff between Democratic senators. So let me tell you something, and, and I'm going to be quite frank. The arguments about the machines malfunctioning and the paper and everything is great. But here's me, the actual expert on stealing elections. And, and you know what? When I say this, it sounds really brazen and cocky, but I wasn't the only one, right? I think Bolton made it clear. It's very intricate. I was the one that was helping people buy the ideas of what we were selling, which were machines or us uh, actually executing uh, the, the elections for them and negotiating positions. You know, what is irritating is that over a year ago, I was explaining to everyone how the Secretary of State, the organization, the NASSS, NASS, which, by the way, has partnered with TikTok, which, by the way, is supposedly banned because it's CCP, but the Secretary of State's partner with it, so it's okay, right? Kitty Hobbs is literally on that. They're like, she holds a high position. Everything was fixed. Down to the T. And the thing is, how are you going to prove it? 
oh, we're going to look at the ballots. They've already manufactured that. You don't have any secure ballots to show it. Well, we see that the paper didn't fit. It didn't fit because it wasn't the fraudulent ballot that they had and the codes wouldn't uh, align. I said this. They will steal this from you and they will drag their feet for lawfare. This is how lawfare works, right? This is why they have five days to respond. So they're going to tidy up their response. And by the end of the week, they'll have a filing. Like I said, timeline wise, we're talking late June to get anything and guarantee you they're going to have to go entry into district, which will dismiss it. They're going to have to appeal and it's going to be a long ride. And that's because people don't pay attention to what's really important. They pay attention to what gets people sparked up. And this is how you hijack the minds of the people and get your shit done. And even though they see you doing it, they can't stop you doing it. And that's what's frustrating, that the more you say it, the more they attack you for it. Every single person out there that is putting out news and aggravating you, right? Oh, my God, they stole it. And you're upset and you're up in arms. Oh, my gosh. Look at this documentary. They're killing us with the vaccine. You already knew that. You didn't need someone to put it in some fancy way to let you know how it is. You already knew that because when they're forcing you to do something, it's obviously not for your good. And when they're okay with conducting experiments on children with experimental vaccines, that's not good. You don't need anyone, Fauci or anybody, to actually tell you that all of this is not good. Common sense will tell you that. You don't need someone who has an alphabet soup after their name to dumb it down for you. You don't need someone to walk you through. You already know that something is wrong the minute they shove it down your throat and they look the other way when it comes to experimenting with children. See, I would have thought that the populace in general would have been up in arms about children and experiments on children. The most precious thing an, a human being can create is another human being. And now, now many people may argue, and I, and I would be one of them, that there are uh, a lot of people that dwell the face of this construct <laughs> that have children that see them nothing more than a meal ticket or they don't realize just how precious they are. They're simply a cog in this machine or a process. But I know that there's a lot of people out there that have savored every single moment of that growing human being in their body, that have watched it trip, fall, wipe snot off, off its nose, struggle to get dressed, grow up, and be a member of society. Obviously, we send our children to school in order for them to be educated and be contributing members to society uh, that bring so much to what the future would be. It's incredible how we see that knowledge can carry from vessel to vessel, from person to person, from time to time. And yet, we find ourselves doing the same thing again and again. Now for myself, uh, rather than a lawsuit, I would have filed a quo warranto immediately without any qualms or questions. It would have been ready. I wouldn't have done the whole lawsuit thing because that takes longer. The quo warranto would address it. It would be denied and that would give a rocket docket to SCOTUS. But I'm not a lawyer, so maybe I am wrong. 
but this is what I would have done. This is how I would have seen it. Elections. 2020 hasn't even been fixed. <laughs> 2019 hasn't either. Neither has 2018 or 2017. So here we are in this conversation where if I, if I could go back in time and have had the information to present to themselves. I mean, you know, when I speak with people, they're like, you were right about everything. And I was like, so what's the point now telling me? doesn't matter. I already knew I was right. I didn't need you to tell me that I was right. I didn't need you to tell me that I was ahead of the curve. I didn't need you to validate what I had to say. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm very confident in what I say and what I hear, right? And what I put forward. It doesn't matter that I'm right now. It's what are we doing now? What are we doing now? You know, sometimes, <clears throat> obviously, when I stream to Rumble, there's a delay, about 30 seconds. So I don't even see people's messages uh, because of that delay. I, I don't get to see them uh, on time. But one thing I can tell you is I, I, I see so many different conversations. And the reason that that's being done is in order to distract you. And so this is why today we're going to go over this course by the Department of Defense so that I can show you just how easily they do it and how easily you walk into it. And you voluntarily do because it's something that, you know, is through you. There's, you know, there's disinformation, dilution of information, misdirection of attention, right? And, you know, how you control forums and don't. Uh, either that be structured, either for a common goal, right? Uh, we see people during times of stress, you show who you really are, right? And we have seen uh, throughout our time, uh, many, 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 many people uh, show the world exactly who they are. The Department of Defense teaches counterintelligence and how you report to most, I would say all agents. I mean, everybody gets through that class. But to understand that, we're going to have to go back in time. And I'm going to take you back in time to 2018. When, uh, is it 2018 that I wrote this or 2019? I'm going to look. 2018. So let me share this screen with you. So this is an article I wrote for Big League Politics. I wrote this article called Case Law, Big Tech Companies or Government Contractors, so Suppressing Free Speech is Illegal. What I had pointed out, why are all these tow commercials everywhere anyway? I, <laughs> I put in this article that Big Tech is no longer... Uh, is no longer private and the major Silicon Valley companies are actually an extension of the intelligence community. Existing legislation and case law shows that big tech companies are technically government entities by way of subcontracting. Judge Collier's recent memo confirms this. We've already had all this information. And like I said, many, many times before, most of these people that are giving you the news, there's one, they don't know shit. Two, they just think that they're really good at interviewing people and then they start to feel like they're experts, right? When they're not, right? And three, they're misinformation counterintelligence agents, 
right? This is how it works. And, and, you know, some people may be so great to listen to. Oh, they have a soothing voice. They just say this. Oh, they had that person on. Nobody gives a shit because they're not giving you the information you need. So this is from 2018 and now it's a really big deal, right? You see everyone talking about Katie Hobbs and, oh, with the National Association of Secretary of States. That's shit we already talked about. We see, you know, them talking about, oh, look, they have the misinformation, ISAC, all that stuff. We've been talking about that for God knows how long and how they're in charge of the misinformation group. And how I said in Ohio, the second person in command elections, actually, it was Frank LaRose, the alleged Republican, right? Secretary of State of Ohio that spearheaded that. He's like Emiratus top and he's also a DHS freaking advisor. How the hell are you Secretary of State and DHS advisor at the same time getting two paychecks? See, this is a problem that people are diluting the information and that's power to, that is part of counterintelligence. And that's, and that's one thing that we see everywhere. They sit there and they discuss things like they're experts. They, uh, you know, when they leak that information where there's infighting with we, the media, which is another counterintelligence operation, right? All these influencers are counterintelligence and you're going to see what category they fall into because they only take orders and they only do what people say. They will not go against the grain. They will not share information if it's not coming from an approved source, which means they're part of a counterintelligence operation. No matter how you put it, this is the way it is. They are all part of a counterintelligence operation. All those supposed memers, they're part of an operation because they are not giving you the information you actually need. And that's a very big problem. See, in a memorandum of opinion that Judge Collier had in April 2017, she made it clear how CrowdStrike was not considered a government entity, right? But nor did they fulfill the IC scope because no memorandum of understanding was in place between the company and the government intelligence agency. I want you to look at this screenshot. People have been begging me for this document and I have not shared it, right? Because it was for official use only. The executive order 1233, it's all coming into focus. Everybody wants to talk about it. I brought it up in 2018. It was extremely important. Actually, I brought it up in 2015, writing under a pen name. It is extremely important because this is how and this is where they draw the authority to mess with your mind. This is where they get this. And that's why in this article I said, why is this important? According to executive order 12333, as amended, in its entirety, President Bush in 2008, right before he left office and the executive order section 2.3 that Obama amended right before he left office, it is clear that the intelligence community is now composed of elements, not employees, and these elements include private companies. See, everything you are finding out right now from, you know, oh, Twitter, oh, this, I have been saying for forever and a day. And, you know, while many people are like, you're just salty, it's like, dude, name me one person that is not talking about the shit I've been talking about for four years. And then you have to question, why is that person not referencing it, at least? I mean, their news. Again, counterintelligence operations. And we're going to go through that one by one. One by one today, so that way you can understand how they operate. All of these, these, uh, these little side groups they have, this QAnon alliance bullshit, you know, um, they've totally degraded what Q was. They made it a profit. I mean, look at the praying medic guy putting out prayers and fuck. Like, you know, when I stand back, it's like, you know, I don't know if these people are doing it intentionally or they're just stupid, right? You know, they're sitting there putting these 
things together and, and, and then they're arguing with each other. And it's like, dude, just eat your crow and shut up because you're way behind the game. So if you were doing this because you didn't know any better, I'd say, all right, whatever, you know, you made a mistake done. Right. But if you're part of an operation, like we saw where I saw these Q wannabe, you know, influencers that are a click, right. Or like Lisa May saying, I could share whatever I want. And it's like, you won't, you abide by the click anyway. But you know, where they're arguing with each other, I'm like, look at where we're at. We have people trying to find information and everyone's involved in their stupid fucking drama right? Of what they're going to share or not because they're counterintelligence operatives, right? And it's so dumb. It is so dumb. And I'm so tired of it. You know, the, 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 the whole, oh, I have secret information. You don't, you have nothing, you know, then there's people that, you know, have good interview skills and suddenly they're propelled to the top is what? Asking people questions. You have no analysis. You have no knowledge, Stay in your lane because you're causing more damage than good. It's kind of like me going down to a mechanic shop and saying, oh, I think you should move that thingamajiggy bub over there. And he's going to be like, what expertise do you have in engines? I don't. I'm just smart and I have a check mark. So just do it. That sounds dumb. I'm not going to mess around with that stuff. And this is where we're at. Like they chime in on the whole yay situation like they know what they're talking about, right? I, it's so frustrating watching, you know, could people fall down rabbit holes? So before we go, get into that, Elon has proven to done to have done a very good deed for now. And why are we seeing toes all the time? Damn. Uh, I just wanted to say for those of you that want to read this, here you're going to see that there's ongoing training. I write it out, the scope, the memorandums of agreements, Twitter, the conspiracy against rights, you know, what laws we can actually use for this Twitter things, right? Considering, you know, that the cyber oligarchs are there. I have been putting it down. I have been writing about this. I have been giving people the remedies, conspiracy to commit offense or defraud the United States, because that's exactly what they've done. These are all remedies that are there. All of them are there. It's on big league politics. You can find the article. I've cited it. I've sourced it. There's links to everything that I talk about and where I go. Um, you would be able to see everything that you need when it comes to the whole Twitter conversation and how this should have been talked about in 2018 when it was extremely apparent, but apparently we're talking about it now because we were waiting for what Elon Musk to get it done. Your Lord and Savior, Elon, man, these upgrades are not so good, which by the way, he's being sued right now. Just so you know, they're suing the crap out of Elon Musk. I don't know if you guys have heard it though. Um, so, you know, you know, he does um, Neuralink and stuff like that, right? So now the government is actually suing Elon because apparently uh, a lot of animals um, have died in his research. Hold on. Let me, let me put up the, pull up the details. So I'm, I, I, I'm sure that I'm uh, putting this correctly. Yeah. So where is it? Hmm. It was his neuro. Did they take down the article? Oh, there it is. Elon Musk's Neuralink faces federal investigation after killing 1,500 animals in testing. Now, see, this was published by the Evening Standard today. 
Um, I was, I, I mean, this has been in the news for a while. They're just making it news now because he's pissing a lot of people off. But apparently the U.S. Department of Agriculture is investigating Neuralink because there were complaints that animal testing is being rushed and causing needless suffering and death. You know, it is extremely frivolous. And I know a lot of you that are animal lovers, I am too, right? A lot of you are probably like, well, if he's killing animals, you know, for his experiments and that's all bad. Well, that happens everywhere in America. And right now, as we're speaking, I believe maybe a thousand primates have just been terminated or, you know, there's probably cats somewhere with their brains exposed so they can study sleep. It happens everywhere. So the only thing they're doing is just amplifying it to aggravate people. So Elon's not loved, Um, regardless if it is torturous and barbaric, which it is. And I am against animal testing, I would say, because they have little eyes too. I mean, I don't know how I feel about, well, no, you know, I can't say that. (laughs) I mean, bugs, but do they have googly eyes that you could say, oh, they're cute? No. So I'd be kind of okay with that. (laughs) But, you know, they're now amplifying that and they're coming after him in any which way they can. But again, it's all a show. Because if you remember, BlackRock actually invests in his his companies. We all know. It's just a very good facade. It's almost like, you know, the whole Lindsey Graham with the fake sword and I'm dying on that hill. But we'll see. It could be just a Trojan too. I I simply am, am infatuated with the way Elon thinks. I am infatuated with the way he operates. Only because I'm fascinated knowing that he doesn't have the same scaffolding and operates in the way he does. So um, it's watch and, and, and pay attention and uh, learn the tools of uh, mind hacking. So having said that, I think we should switch over to a little bit of Tucker Carlson, where he's going to tell us about Twitter and elections. You know, the stuff that I was already talking about years and years ago, how Twitter is actually a DARPA product how Twitter is actually an extension of the intelligence community, how Twitter under executive order 12333 is allowed to manipulate information, steal your information, mine your information, <clears throat> and hijack it. In, in, on my website, I think there's another article that I did where you could Google DARPA, Twitter, or something, where they actually performed a live experiment <clears throat> with the whole Bradley Manning trial in 2009. In 2008, I've already explained to you how Barack Obama was actually deploying the first Internet-type election campaign thing through Facebook. He was fined over $3 million, but nobody talks about that, right? Um, But he also proved a point that social media can actually skew um, thoughts and direction, and it can misdirect the people. So today we're going to learn about misdirection. So before we get into that, let's take a look at Twitter. You know, Twitter has been quite fascinating lately with Elon there. Let's take a listen. Previously undisclosed documents from Twitter is not that social media companies censor conservatives. Obviously, we knew that. No one's surprised to have it confirmed. No one denied it in the first place. No, we learned on Friday is that big tech works aggressively and in secret with government agencies to subvert the outcome of what the rest of us assumed were free and fair elections. During the 2020 election, Twitter did this with the help of the FBI, committing censorship on behalf of one candidate while working to hurt the other candidate. It is hard to imagine a more brazen attack on our democracy than this. This is not how our system is supposed to work. In fact, it's illegal. What Twitter did is a violation of the First Amendment, as well as of established campaign finance law. They never declared those contributions to the Biden campaign. 
That's a crime. Thanks to the reporting of Matt Taibbi, who received access to these documents from Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, we know that this happened. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact. But you wouldn't know it happened if you got your news from legacy media outlets in the U.S. In the days since Taibbi's jaw-dropping scoops, none of them have followed up on the story. And so they've dismissed the story as entirely normal. Of course the FBI was working secretly with Twitter and the Biden campaign to control your brain by limiting your access to factual information. That's how elections work. Or they're attacking Matt Taibbi personally for daring to write the story. So the same people who've spent weeks defending billionaire con artist Sam Bankman-Fried, who as of tonight you'll be happy to know was still in the Bahamas, unindicted, those same people are telling you that the real criminal here is the guy who's uncovering illegal censorship in a presidential campaign. <laughs> it's hard to believe they're saying that. Oh, but they are. Here's a selection. Elon Musk retweeted the quote-unquote Twitter files, a collection of documents that detail how the social media platform supposedly buried a story about a Ukrainian energy company paying money to the president's son, Hunter Biden. First of all, I just have to say that this whole thing is just ridiculous and it's not true. It was amazing to me that all of these sort of Fox News or whoever else jumped on this without ever fully understanding that it was basically meaningless what happened. And that actually turned out to be a good thing. Musk seems fixated on a two year old story about Hunter Biden's laptop. This is what we in the cable business like to call a hot take. And it reveals Elon Musk's profound ignorance of the First Amendment. We now know it was a really helpful thing, actually, the Twitter files today, because we got to see how content moderation works. We got to see how when a group of people with differing political ideas and ideologies and views gets together in the spirit of making a platform safe and healthy. <laughs> There's just so much there. Al Sharpton teaming up with the former George W. Bush aide to tell you censorship is good. The first lady saying... This Ukrainian company allegedly paid Hunter Biden when there's no allegedly about it. Everyone involved has already admitted it. And then best of all, Ali Velshi, we in the cable business. Ali Velshi has never been in the news business. People in the news business cover the news. Propagandists censor and distort the news. And that's what you're watching there. Thankfully, as always, their propaganda is crude and not very effective, mostly because it's so unbelievably not believable. Censorship explains Brandy Zed Drozny, like a slightly annoyed kindergarten teacher, censorship is called content moderation. When we hide facts from you that you need in order to cast an informed vote in a presidential election, that's, quote, safe and healthy. Hiding facts from you is safe and healthy. Is there anyone who actually believes that? Well, judging by NBC's tanking ratings, not many people actually do believe that, but they're saying it anyway. Here's Michael Steele of MSNBC, the former RNC chairman, by the way, letting you know that actually revealing the mechanics of censorship is itself an attack on free speech. Putting those things back on the platform, uh, juxtaposition with the argument that he's all about free speech, um, really undermines the central, some of the central tenets of free speech is that it is, it is about, yes, the freedom of you to say things, but not at the harm or expense of someone else. And so when you're perpetuating lies and, and, and so forth, um, you're really kind of laughing in the face of this idea of what the platform he claims is supposed to be. 
So any day you get to see Michael Steele misuse the words juxtaposition, obviously it's a good day. But the payoff really was his little lecture on constitutional law. The essential tenet of free speech, Michael Steele just told you, the essential tenet is that you as an American citizen are never allowed to say things that other people object to. Oh. Well, let me tell you guys what I think. So obviously this is old news. We know that indeed Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, well, TikTok's more CCP UN shit, right? But we already know that they're intelligence operations. We already know that they're tools and elements of the IC community as defined under Executive Order 123333. And we already know all this. So you're going to tell me, Tori, now what do we do? Now we know. So we're going to put someone in there that's going to help like Elon. No, we're not. See, the thing about free speech is that you should have free speech. And allow me to elaborate on that. Now, we claim we have free speech and that we can say whatever we want, which is true. And um, just like the bakery owner that had a bakery and didn't want to bake a gay wedding cake, right? He has every right to do that. That's his business. Just like Twitter should have their own right to have an echo chamber, just like every other platform that is private can do what they want. The thing that we do, though, is we revisit Citizens United versus FEC. If you remember correctly, in that argument, and I'm, and like I said, I am rummaging my mind in its very um, discombobulated sense to see how we can effectively file a lawsuit. And it's not against Twitter and Facebook. We got to fix the law. And the only way companies like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram do not have power or authority or any influence over the people is by ensuring that we classify them as a danger, right? As publishers. And I say this because they are. Now, many people will talk about Section 230. Ah, that would be another step. See, 230 is getting ahead of yourself. The first thing you have to do is take away their power to fund elections. See, as long as that they have a political view and they fund elections, it is a threat to our republic. And clearly in the Supreme Court, they said no money can actually influence someone's thoughts. Well, we have evidence that they do. And they don't only shape the thoughts of the minds of one person, but they provide the hive undertone. They decide what looks legitimate, it doesn't. And we go back to the Milgram experiment with the white coat. Obviously, a check mark for you means validation. Therefore, you are being harmed and your and the information and influence is grave. This is how we target it. We target it one by one. We don't trip over our faces and we don't do what we want to do. For me, I'd like to rip out the 230 part. I'd like to hold them accountable as publishers. Yes. But what we have to do is be um, focused on getting shit done. right? And in order to get shit done, you don't target them as publishers. You target them as corporations that uh, push influence on the people. And this is an argument, again, I restate it, that SCOTUS said that we don't believe that companies can have such a great influence on opinion regardless of money. And this is why we have super PACs. This is why we have, you know, Facebook funding our elections. This is why we're allowing them to make decisions on what is considered correct information, what isn't. That's publishing rights. That's skirting on it. And this is how you target it. Because what you're going to say with the Citizens United is create precedent to identify them as publishers. 
pictures. And then when you go in for your 230 kill, it's already been done in SCOTUS. You see where I'm going with this. See, I have to sit here and kind of explain the remedies to the problems that I helped along with many others. Okay. I'm not single-handedly some mastermind genius, but I am very good at what I do. And I've written this script. You could believe that or not. Doesn't make it any less true. And the remedy is that we target any corporation funding our elections. Elections is a hot topic. Elections is a problem. Now, while we're talking about free speech, who gives a shit if you can talk on Twitter or not? Think about it. You're sitting there sweating and worried about if you can talk on Twitter or not. Is it a public forum? Absolutely not. When they can censor what you can say, I can pull out my soapbox, walk out on the corner and say whatever the heck I want, right? On my little soapbox, I should be able to do that on Twitter. The minute that they're hindering me from doing it, well, that's a problem. And on my soapbox outside on the street, I have to be not indecent, right? So not being indecent, meaning I'm not going to sit there butt naked or doing lewd things because that's violating the law. You know, we talk about Twitter and how they press crimes and do all these things. But if you remember in March of 2020, I had written an article before my Tory says was banned, right? I was banned because I posted the um, actual uh, accounts that were posting child pornography, actual child pornography. And I remember Millie and Gavin yelling at me because they were uh, going to the White House. It was March, 2020. And I was texting them screenshots of child pornographic content <laughs> that was on Twitter. And they were like, oh my God, we're going through the White House and you're freaking texting us this shit, right? And I wrote that article <laughs> and it's still on my website somehow. I still have to fix it because remember, they purged my information. Again, crimes can be held accountable on public forums, and that's what Twitter should be doing. But when you're not committing a crime, you should have the right to say whatever you want. Is it a crime to be anti-Semitic? Actually, no. Is it a crime? Is it a crime? Well, it is because it's considered discrimination. But do you enforce it on a soapbox? No, unless someone's insulted. Like, just imagine someone sitting on a box out on your street. This is how you have to think of social media. And they're standing on there and they're spewing, you know, uh, white hate, black hate, Jew hate, Muslim hate, right? And they're standing there saying it. They're not going to get arrested until someone's offended. They're going to tell the cop, look, he's doing this. I feel really offended. I feel threatened. He's saying that we should all die. That's a crime. So you get arrested on off your soapbox. That's the stuff that you can actually persecute on a digital platform too, that you're perpetuating violence, you're perpetuating ideologies to dogpile on people or stigmatize, blah, 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 in a threatening way, right? There is a fine line. You can talk shit about someone or some society without being a racist or inciting violence. And you can be critical, right? Criticism is one thing. Hatefulness is another thing, right? right? Okay. So some free speech, as I said, is extremely messy, right? I don't like a lot of things that people say, but whatever, you know? I see people online talking about a lot of things and I'm just like, I can respond every single day. The question that you should be asking yourself is how am I being harmed? You're not being harmed. Keep going. You have a mute button, use it. You have a block button, use it, right? It's none of your business. Doesn't, uh, you know, you could say whatever you want, you know, that's the way it should be treated. But anyway, Going back before I digress, because we're going to go back to this, because, you know, apparently it's a big revelation for Tucker that Twitter is a freaking government element. 
when it clearly has it in the executive order that I that was put together in 2008, reamended by Obama before he left office too, and it's clearly spelled out. But everyone's acting as if this is some big news and they didn't know and they were waiting for Elon to figure it out. The only thing Elon's doing is making public the actual facts of what's happening, like providing the evidence. Oh, they were suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop. No shit. No shit. Of course they would. Of course they would. I mean, everyone still thinks that Monica Lewinsky was the mistress. She was raped. Duh. Because every mistress holds on to a dress with sperm and turns up to a fucking meeting, right? Not someone that was raped, right? Right? Her rape story became mistress story. She went along with it because she got money for it. You know, you pick your battles, right? Every woman to, for herself, right? I'm still going to sit here and say it. I know that for, <laughs> for a fact she was raped. I've seen the documentation. We all know. We should FOIA that, actually. But then on the other hand, it'll be she agreed to it. So is that really whatever? But can you say she agreed to it? He was the president of the United States. I would say it would be under duress. But if you want to go that way, we could. But if she doesn't want to press charges, we can't do anything. You know, see, that's the way the law works. I digress again. I just get very agitated when I see things that, you know, could have been avoided and unnecessary creeping up and we're pretending that it's news. So let's just keep going with this pretend. And then this pretend, you will understand why it works with our first lesson, uh, thanks to the DOD's unclassified course in counterintelligence. Okay, Michael Steele. If you get a chance, let us know what constitution you've been reading. The one that we have here in the U.S. is pretty clear. In the United States, you get to say as an American citizen what you believe, period. And under no circumstances ever may the government infringe on that right, period. Again, that's the First Amendment. And thanks to the Twitter files revealed on Friday night, we know the First Amendment has been violated more profoundly than at any time in our lives. Miranda Devine of the New York Post has just reported the FBI met, quote, weekly with Twitter executives in the months before the 2020 election. And in those meetings, the FBI specifically warned about hack and leak operations by state actors that would involve Hunter Biden and would, quote, likely come out in October. Oh, we know that because it appeared in a sworn deposition from Twitter's former chief censor, Yoel Roth, signed in 2020. It wasn't just Twitter, by the way. It was also Facebook. The FBI was holding similar meetings with Facebook, which also, not surprisingly, in fact, as a direct result of those meetings, censored the Hunter Biden story. Watch. There was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New York Post. Yeah, we had that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some, some folks on our team. It was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um, uh, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So this is a stop the press's story. The FBI is the largest and most powerful domestic law enforcement agency in the world. It can't become a secret police force. If it does, this is no longer a free country, and it's no better than, say, Russia under Putin. 
or any authoritarian state. It is an authoritarian state by definition if the largest domestic law enforcement agency starts to play in domestic politics. But they are, and we know that, and no one's saying anything about it, and that's very strange. We do know that the Twitter executive who went to those meetings, the meetings with the FBI, was a man called Yoel Roth. Now, if you think about it, it was never clear what Yoel Roth was doing at Twitter in the first place. Yoel Roth had no technical expertise of any kind. He didn't know anything about hacking, foreign affairs. He didn't know anything about Russia. What does he know about? Well, Yoel Roth received a PhD in the study of Grindr, the gay sex hookup app, from a place called UPenn, the University of Pennsylvania, purportedly an Ivy League school you should be impressed by. We're not making this up, by the way. Grinder appears more than 800 times in his research, and UPenn gave him a PhD for that. So whatever you think of that, how did that get Yoel Roth into the position that he occupied at Twitter where he was in charge of what you were allowed to say and think? Well, the one qualification we know Yoel Roth did have is he does not believe in free speech, period. And he made that very clear in an interview last week. Babylon B, which is what got him to buy the thing, I think. That's the that's the, the one which is which was not particularly funny. The Babylon B's man of the year is Rachel Levine. <laughs> not funny. The targeting and the victimization of the trans community on Twitter is very real, very life threatening, and extraordinarily serious. Um, we have seen from a number of Twitter accounts. Here's the thing: we all, I, I, I'm pretty sure that all of us have one person we know that's trans. I do. And it is a struggle in their own to not feel comfortable in their own skin and want to change their sex identity because, you know, and it's not their fault. It's society's fault. It is society's fault. Uh, you know, kind of like gun violence. It's society's fault. It's not the guns. It's the people. You just lack life. You know, remember, they wanted us all to die because we weren't getting the vaccine. The Karen screaming that you must put your mask on, which the second round is coming now. So uh, stand fast for that one because they're not going to let go with what's coming. It's not going to be pretty. But his triggered self triggers me. Watching him triggers me. Like, uh, you know what? Like, stop. Uh, you know, 100 years ago, you'd be dead somewhere crying because, you know, your nail chipped. You know, I can't even take him seriously when he speaks of these things. No one is attacking anyone except for when I get someone that says, oh, you don't want to have sex with me because I'm trans. And it's like, well, yeah, I pretty much don't like to have sex with someone that has a fake penis or doesn't have one. Maybe, you know, I have that choice. It's like asking me what I like. And so when they shove it down your throat saying you're being racist because you might not want to have sex with a trans man or trans woman, you know, you're kind of like, mind your business. No one's bothering you. Just do you. Why are you shoving it down in my face and telling me X, Y, and Z. This is the conversations we're having. Everyone's all triggered. And Babylon B saying that Rachel Levine is man of the year. Well, it's true. Biological meal. Like for me, I can't even look at Caitlyn Jenner, right? Call him Caitlyn Jenner, right? But all I see is the guy on the Wheaties box with a javelin. I can't unsee that. That is how I know him. And now it's a she, and I'm okay with that. You, you're a chick. You want to wear a skirt. You have nice hair, and you want to be called Caitlyn, you know? More power to you, right? More power to you. But (laughs) 
to say that this is a systemic issue in society and that we must all bend the knee and watch our words. See, this is what they do. This is a part of the intelligence operation. You find a marginalized society and you make it illegal to say things. That's how you curb free speech. I have the right to say what the hell I want. And if I'm not inciting violence or causing you any physical harm, you need to just walk away. There's people that call me names. Shall I just call the police and say, arrest them? They hurt my feelings. Like, get out of my face, okay? Get out of my face. But see, while we laugh and joke about it when people say these things, I actually was confronted yesterday. So yesterday I was waiting for someone to come see me. Thank you very much, Rob, um, who drove to um, leave something uh, for me. I was in my lobby and, you know, uh, there was a guy there and I was leaning up against the wall, you know, kind of trying to just, you know, position myself comfortably, I guess. And um, there was a guy there and he knows I live there. Right. And I don't know why he keeps doing this. And he turns up and today he identifies as, you know, a fireman and he's, he's one of those. Right. So <laughs> he was like, well, I'm the fireman here. And I was like, all right, sure you are Jones. I, I get it. Why you be so hurtful? You know, hate speech is illegal. I'm telling you that I'm, you know, a fireman. I'm like, okay, well, go do your fireman stuff somewhere else, right? And this is a very not, it's not like a, a sex type example, but he did tell me once that he was a girl and that I should call him whatever. And I'm like, dude, I'm not calling you anything. Like, I, I don't even care. <laughs> like, why are you talking to me? Like, why would I care? Why would I care? Oh, I'm rambling because I'm so frustrated because this is just a psychological operation. They're taking the marginalized community. They're making us curb our speech to cater to other people. And, you know, and then we have, um, you know, Kanye being hijacked by handlers. Like when you see Nick Fuentes in Stratford, come on, you guys, the, the Infowars is actually an operation, right? His second wife is literally a handler. She was on back page and, you know, selling herself as a honeypot. Like, come on. Ali Akbar is legit CIA, like carrying papers, right? And you have all these people surrounding Kanye. Uh, Ali Akbar is thirsty as shit. He needs money. He's going to be all over Kanye. Thirsty people go to thirsty ways. And then we have Milo popping in who was doing his Milo stuff, right? I, it doesn't phase me. It's like you shouldn't be phased either, right? Kanye running for president is for someone to milk his money and telling him that he's going to win. There is no running. We are fixing 2020. There's no running. So anyone giving him th those ideas and telling him that's happening, it's not happening. It's really not happening. And he's spending his money for nothing. You know, and while everyone's worried about Balenciaga and all these things, you've got to pay attention to the common factor, which is Adidas, which is everywhere. Louis Vuitton, Balenciaga, Gucci, everything. Adidas is everywhere. So the question you should be asking is, why is no one talking about Adidas? Adidas, Adidas, wherever you're from, you call it somehow. Those are questions you should be asking. But we're only going down specific rabbit holes, right? Because that is how the design is. And this is one of the rabbit holes. Conversations about democracy. Democracies fail after 200 years. We're at that mark. We're not a democracy, and you're trying to force us to be one. We are a republic. Including libs of TikTok, notably that there are orchestrated campaigns that particularly are singling out a group that is already particularly vulnerable within society. Twitter's written policies prohibit misgendering. Full stop. <laughs> it's so great. 
It's life-threatening to tell jokes. It's life-threatening. What's interesting about speech codes always and everywhere, and specifically the speech codes that Yoel Roth has devoted his life over the past several years to upholding, is that they change constantly and you never know when they change or on what grounds they change. They just change and you're usually caught in the crossfire and you're busted for saying something you didn't even know you weren't allowed to say. Probably the greatest example of this is that Yoel Roth himself once attacked trans people. On Twitter, he called them trannies. <laughs> Whoa! Thereby threatening their lives. Quote, it wouldn't be a trip to New York without at least one big scary tranny. That's an actual tweet from Yoel Roth, the kind of tweet that if you wrote it, he called the FBI. So now Yoel Roth has to pretend to be offended by all of this. Why? Because his purported offense, the terror he feels, gives him a pretext to censor you on behalf of the most powerful people in the world. That's how that works. So people with the most power claim they're defending the people with the least power. All right. See, this is another preconception. They are not powerful. They assume they are powerful. You are not powerful, Mr. Tucker. No one is powerful. You just have a megaphone. And the minute I turn it off, your power is zero. The minute I don't look at you, your power is zero. That is exactly how it is. None of these people have power unless you give them power. You know, everyone gives some notoriety. Oh, well, this person's, you know, verified and or this person knows what they're talking about. This person has a doctoral degree, so they know. And it's like, well, where were they two years ago? Now they're manifesting and telling you things that you should have known. Elon is exposing. He's giving you the evidence for things that we already know, but no one reported. So after this break, we're going to go through counterintelligence awareness briefing. This is going to be the first series of it. And it's going to be very interesting because I believe that everyone needs to understand how this is done. Please pay attention to this video while we take the short break. to breathe out too. I was trying to wire up my connection quickly. <laughs> so that took the wind out of me rushing to get this done. But obviously my remixes are off the chain, aren't they? I just wanted to make sure that in this ne next segment, it not only comes in clear, but it <laughs> comes in in a way that you can see it. All right. So let's, uh, let's get going here. So this is unclassified documentation that you're seeing in front of you. This is the DOD's counterintelligence awareness briefing. So as you can see, counterintelligence awareness briefing, they start with the whole September 11th. For those of you that are listening on uh, the podcast, thank you very much for subscribing to me on iTunes and on uh, iHeartRadio. 
On September 11, 2001, American Airlines Flight 77 left Washington Dulles International Airport at 8.20 a.m. en route to Los Angeles with six-person crew, 58 passengers. Five of those passengers were actually terrorists who hijacked the plane and intentionally crashed it into the Pentagon at 9.37 a.m. The attack on the Pentagon killed 184 people. The Department of Defense is the target of both foreign intelligence threats and potential terrorist attacks. On any given day, a foreign intelligence threat, potential terrorist attacks, on any given day, a foreign intelligence agent, maybe a terrorist, may be assessing a DOD employee for recruitment to commit espionage acts of terrorism. We must remain vigilant in recognizing and reporting signs of espionage and terrorism. Now, I want to make something clear. This education that's provided to our Department of Defense officials, DOJ, military, whatever other agency, federal employees in general that have to deal with intelligence, they don't know any better. Everything that they are being told is, is treated as accurate. You will be tested on the material as it is given to you. You will understand the material as it is given to you. That is the way it is, and that is how it's going, right? That is how they operate. You question that, that's a problem, except for one specific unit. And that's something that I wanted to showcase right now. I'm just going to try to find that specific unit. And where is it? Jeez. Well, that's interesting. <sighs> Give me a second. How did I lose that? Look for it. There we go. I'm going to introduce you to a specific unit of human intelligence. This is an advertisement. This video has been viewed only a thousand times, and it's not happenstance or happenstance, whatever, however you want to say it, that it was published three months ago. This is a recruitment video. I repeat, a recruitment video. And I want you to see the difference and who I speak with or who I'm directing this to. Because it's key and important for you to understand. One thing that I've told my children and my friends and what I've said on air. Out of all the branches of the military, the Marine Corps is the only one that I would trust unequivocally. And one may say, well, the Marines falls under the Navy, doesn't matter. Space Force falls under Air Force, doesn't matter. The sub doesn't matter. It's that they operate independently and they have different values. So I'd like you to listen to what they have to say when they recruit people for their HUMINT. What do you think the most intriguing thing about your job is? 90% of what's great about this job, I can't talk about on this camera. So when I came in before, I came in as a communicator. We were in the midst of pulling out of Afghanistan. I was worried about my opportunity to deploy and, and do my job. Got the chance to go on a Mew. Uh, had a blast doing it. Got to go to a lot of different countries. Got that travel experience. Uh, and then came back and was put back in a, in a comp shop where I wasn't going to deploy. And I was going to be SL3 in gear all day. The first introduction I had to say, human was... So I was a corporal at the time. I was on radio watch and a guy in civilian clothes with facial hair walked in and said, hey, uh, I'm one of the CI human guys here. We're gonna be giving a brief for anyone that's interested. I don't know what they were doing there. 
um, nor will I probably ever know what they were doing there. When I first sat down for the actual brief, the more he talked and the more he explained what the job was, the more my interest peaked. I had never heard of CIA before. I'd never heard of counterintelligence. I was aware of its existence, but I didn't know anything about it, didn't know what the job pertained to, what they did. Uh, that was when my interest definitely started peaking, when I learned about the training and the deployment opportunities. The assessment process before I was even approved uh, was definitely an interesting one. There was a lot of paperwork that was required. I had to study for everything from a typing test to geography. And then once all the tests were done, I did the PFT, I finished all the paperwork, then I got to go on the panel. And the panel was um, the most fun that I'll never want to do again. Well, you come in, you know, there's a uniform inspection, you know, you report in just like you would to a promotion panel, for instance. Things do get very personal because any Marine that gets approved by the panel could very easily be deploying with those board members within a year. It's a gauge to really get to know who you are as a person. So once that was all finished, um, I finally got orders to our schoolhouse. There was a lot of information that you have to learn in a very short amount of time. Learning how to conduct a meeting with somebody, how to properly question somebody for information. Your foot never comes off the gas, right? From the moment you get to school to literally the moment that you graduate, like you are, you are working and you are working hard. So at that point, my training was over and I finally had achieved the title of Counterintelligence Human Intelligence Specialist or in 0211. One of the moments where I kind of realized I really like doing this job was I was for deployed. Um, I was in I was in a country um, supporting Marines, you know, doing operations. Um, and I basically got to the capital, um, and then myself and another 0211 basically got sent 600 miles away from everybody else. We were completely by ourselves. We got sent, you know, with a driver who spoke some English. Not a lot. Um, and basically we're told, hey, you're gonna go to this area. You're gonna try to meet with these people, get this information uh, and then report back to us. Doing that was kind of the moment I realized like, yeah, this is the job for me. I've gone to deploy and, and, and do some fairly awesome things that you know affected actual real world operations. Just kind of everything I'd, I was hoping to get out of the Marine Corps, I was able to do within this job. When we're talking about Marines that we want to lateral move into say human, we're looking for incredibly high performing, preferably corporals, but we're looking for a challenge. We're looking for something more. We're looking for people who are personable. Human intelligence is hard to do. You can't talk to humans. And we're looking for people who are just naturally questioned, you know, what is going on in the world? Why are things the way that they are? The thing I tell every applicant to go to to get information about us, um, they can reach us on our DSN number um, and our email, which they'll find if they literally Google third to battalion CA human. We do an actual in-person brief every Friday, 1300 at the Camp Foster Education Center. If they do want to just come find us in person, we work out of 3rd and Battalion on Camp Hansen. So if they are interested, by all means, they can come to 3rd and Battalion. If they go up to the duty desk and basically say, hey, I want to talk to CI Human, we're, we're always happy to come down and talk to an interested applicant and get them started. So as you can see, one thing that I have been saying is, I simply adored all the jarheads I work with because I believe that the Marine Corps is possibly the only human that wishes to recruit people that question everything. It is the only branch that actually demands that each uh, of their, you know, 
Marines, check for the smell test. No offense to the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. But I can't reiterate that even more. I can almost tell you that those that were a part of CI Human, undercover, at J6, observed everything. It is important that every single person obviously remember their oath. But I think it's very important that people understand the differences between the branches of intelligence that we have. Many that are participating love their country. And you've got it a little, you've got to be a bit twisted, kind of like what he showed, how his uh, little mission was going somewhere far away in the middle of forests to exchange information, question things. These are the type of people that I work with. This is why I said I love my jarheads. And I, I will never forget that it was a jarhead that was standing watch when I was incapacitated and uh, in Pakistan after getting injured that held on to my kitty cat that had snuck in uh, when they um, evacuated all the contractors that were injured. And I was one of them. And that's, that's actually where I got biscuit from, by the way. So um, he was literally in a box of biscuits uh, and he was scrawny and, just whatever. And it was an actual jarhead that was um, just standing outside the room, uh, petting the cat. Big, big, big dude. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget his face. I don't know his name. And that's for purposes, I guess, of security. Um, so that was, uh, you know, I wanted to just express to you guys now that we're going to go through this so you can understand how there's a difference in the people who obtain this information, how they use it. I want you to think that every single person that sits through this cab um, when learning about counterintelligence comes in open-eyed that their leaders have no reason to lie to them. And as we've seen, we have great people within the FBI, within the CIA, within the DOJ, but their leadership is where it's corrupt. We have seen this. President Trump has allowed us to see this. And, you know, therefore... Uh, while many of us can be extremely upset and, and agitated and angered uh, toward many that can identify that what is happening in our nation right now is one of the biggest counterintelligence operations by the fourth unelected branch of governments we have ever seen. And we are multi, it's multifaceted, the actual attack on the people of the United States, because there are global entities that also have interests. There are private entities that have interests. There are nefarious entities that have interests and they're enemies of our state that have interests. So this is why I always say that I trust Christopher Ray, <laughs> because it is during the, my training that, uh, you know, federal tax dollars pay for it. For those of you that have served, you know how um, expensive it is for anyone to be cleared, you know how expensive these courses are. You know, I have a lot of people that are like, well, you know, I'm, she didn't work for them as a teenager. Uh, I did. I actually worked for the government before I joined the Navy. Um, I think that was just a natural part of it. You know, I was in government training programs from a very young age. And this is because they can spot what they need. 
This is why they do all these tests to our children in public schools. This is why we have recruiters targeting specific children in schools. It's just, they look for the right people. Obviously, social media is making it a lot easier for them now where they don't even actually have to hire them. They can just use them as assets, as influencers that you have been seeing throughout all social media platforms. Either they be celebrities or just average Joes telling you they're seeking the truth or people that just think that they're going to be great at news. They're actually recruited knowingly, unknowingly, willingly, unwillingly. It all depends. So let's get going with this class. So the objectives of this class is to identify the threats, methods of foreign intelligence, what they call FIEs, right? FIEs. Recognize the, um, recognize the foreign intelligence entities use of cyber attacks. Describe the insider threat. Identify intelligence and security anomalies and understand counterintelligence awareness and reporting requirements. Now, what is counterintelligence? As you can see, even the Department of Defense clearly cites Executive Order 12333 was signed by President Ronald Reagan on December 4th, 1981. As I've mentioned, George Bush, on his way out in 2008, amended it. And so did Barack Hussein Obama right before he left. He amended it. According to this information that is taught to our potential or existing federal or military employees, counterintelligence is information gathered and activities conducted to identify, deceive, exploit, disrupt, or protect against espionage, other intelligence activities, sabotage, or assassinations conducted for on behalf of foreign powers, organizations, or persons, or their agents, or international terrorist organizations, or activities. So there's an array of things. There are many techniques that are used in the counterintelligence. Their techniques are for misdirecting, control of the internet discussions and forums, and um, obviously techniques to dilute messages. There are um, many ways that all of you have seen, obviously, the don't feed the trolls, don't do this, right? But we're going to get into them a little bit more detailed. So what does counterintelligence, what does counterintelligence actually mean? It means that you identify, understand, prioritize, and counteract foreign intelligence threats. Now, one, at this point in 2022, we all have to kind of um, identify what foreign intelligence means. Now, foreign intelligence to laymen would constitute intelligence units, um, elements, organizations, uh, people, companies that are of non-U.S. origin, right? But this isn't true. Foreign intelligence can also include U.S.-based elements, people, and organizations because they are not conducting activities for the benefit of the United States of America and its people by upholding the Constitution. Therefore, in my humble opinion, foreign intelligence should expand to all threats that are considered foreign to the laws of the United States, regardless if they are residing within the United States. And I say this uh, because we have uh, Chinese you know, police, uh, Canadian police, uh, Interpol, we have, uh, you know, just a, a barrage of entities such as senior 
private intelligence agencies, banks, social media companies, retailers of consumer goods, that is, that are all that all can be considered foreign intelligence agencies as they collect and gather information on U.S. citizens. And I think it's very important that we identify that foreign intelligence can be just Albertsons, the supermarket, because when you shop and you use your rewards card or every time you swipe your card, they have um, your information on camera from entering their store. If you go in store, they have pinging information of your phone because they collect that information, too. If you're using the rewards card, they know exactly what you are buying and what you are selling or whatever. And on top of that, they link that to your payment information. Therefore, they have full and unfettered access to financial information. You're going to say, well, Albertsons isn't going to pick up my bank account information if they, you know, that's just silly. What the thing is, they have access to it and they can do that. And, you know, this is something that's why we had like the target, you know, hacking that happened a couple of Christmases ago. Remember all of these things, your credit agencies, uh, you, you know, your banks, they can all be hijacked and they can all be used. And therefore we can, I would, if I was teaching this class, incorporate that in there. It says on this document, in addition to collecting and processing intelligence about the enemies and the enemies right now are you and I, Right. The intelligence community is also faced with the problem of identifying, understanding, prioritizing, and counteracting the foreign intelligence threats that are encountered by the United States. This activity is known as counterintelligence. The core concerns of counterintelligence are the intelligence entities of foreign states and similar organization of nine state actors, such as terrorist organizations or a trusted insider. It is very important to understand that, um, you know, counterintelligence operations are done in many ways. There are rules into how you uh, conduct disinformation, uh, how you can spot someone that uh, purports disinformation. And remember, disinformation is actually very important as a tool, not just to, um, it, it helps scramble and the information or taint the information or intelligence that your enemy may collect. So disinformation can be a very useful tool. And then how do you spot a spy, a counter intel agent is another question that you should ask. But the key thing that we're seeing right now, then just to put it out, is that this counterintelligence operation is multifaceted against us through um, the fourth and elected branch of government, private agencies that may be working on behalf of the fourth and elected branch of government, um, uh, private entities, you know, people like influencers and or companies that are working on behalf of a foreign government, right? And even more nefarious things that we're not going to go into. But the majority that all of you can pretty much identify from the get-go is techniques that are being used for truth suppression. And <clears throat> here's here's the, the the concerns, and this is why they conduct counterintelligence. And it clearly says the core concern is intelligence entities of foreign states, terrorist organization, and trusted insiders. Trusted insiders are businessmen, kind of like Mark Cuban or Patrick Byrne. They're trusted insiders. Therefore, you can use them as assets or they can be used as assets. Now, the one thing that they teach everyone is what the slide says, that the target is always you. 
So you as the person that is conducting counterintelligence, um, you know, analysis, or if you are collecting information, you're human, uh, you know, and, and, and you're the one conducting this, you are the first target. You are the target. And right now on the receiving end, you, the people are the target. Now, um, counterintelligence involves understanding and neutralizing intelligence operations of foreign nations or international terrorist activities. Now, one might say that the operation that is currently conducted within the United States should be deemed an intelligence terrorist, uh, an, an a foreign intelligence international terrorist activity. And I say this because they're holding the people hostage and terrorized in, um, in ways of financial um, health and um, consumer good access, you know, sustenance. So uh, this is how I would see it. Now, it says here, you are the first in line for defense. Remember that counterintelligence involves more than simply the catching of spies. It is in fact concerned with understanding and possibly neutralizing all aspects of intelligence operations of foreign nations. Now, uh, one thing that um, I must uh make as a statement here is that uh, our nation right now undergoing one of the biggest counterintelligence operations on, 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 on multiple fronts um, could be that, and I'm just going to state this, could be that there are overt and covert operations in monitoring this for the process of diffusion, meaning allowing the ridiculousness to perpetuate and putting on this show in order to capture everyone. I've always said this. If you have a yard, you understand this more than anything. Weeds grow in your garden all the time. If you tug on the weed really quickly because it looks ugly and you want to beautify your yard and keep it happy, you will fail because if you don't loosen the soil around the roots of the weed and if you don't take every single piece of that weed out, you're done. The weed is going to be coming right back and it will probably be stronger and grow as tall as a tree and spread. So you have to be patient and you have to identify every single soil granule that is around that root so you can loosen it to the point where you remove it. Now, having said that, it is important that counterintelligence have counterintelligence operations. So it's like, you remember that Spider-Man meme where it's the Spider-Man pointing at every Spider-Man kind of thing, right? So right now you have your OG, right, spies, um, not spies, actors in hijacking your mind. Then you have people that are hijacking the people that are trying to counter the hijacking of the minds. So you've got, let's say you've got deep state hijacking the people of the U.S. And then you have all these random people, which is you, that are like countering the bullshit they're saying and saying, no, but it's not true. So now a new operation is deployed to hijack you to not you know, counter their information. And as they're hijacking you, another counterintelligence come operation to hijack the counterintelligence operation that's being done on you. It's just so confusing and so many layers to it. So in order to cut through, you should be able to see it and identify it and stay within your own to understand. And a great example could be from the rooms that we have in various states. There are people that, you know, you wouldn't even think, you know, a lot of people 
you know, think, oh, you know, there's just room drama, you know, because I see a lot of people, you know, on social media, there's drama. You've got the soccer moms on Facebook and even in, you know, your little telegram groups. I see the infighting and everything. But what you have to understand is a lot of these people are there to perform a counterintelligence operation on you. Just one example is that um, that person that was laughing about causing me physical harm and kicking my head in and all that. Now look what they're doing. Now they're purporting this. We are the news thing, which is a financed structure influence operation. I know who's paying for it and how they're doing it. And they're all pushing in one direction. See, it was always meant like that. I am not the type of person that dislikes holding someone's hand. But if I, if you don't get your, you know, knuckles scraped and a little bit of dirt there, you know, underneath your fingernails, you're never going to learn. And if I dress you, you won't be able to put a shirt on by yourself. And And, and hopefully now, because this week, our shows is going to be walking you through all of this, okay? One by one, so you can see it, because it's coming. It's coming hard. So you're the target. As a DOD employee, it says, and I'm telling you as a U.S. citizen that believes that you are free and relies on the U.S. Constitution, you uh, can be the target of foreign intelligence entity at any time because of what you have access to, freedom, because of who you have access to, information, and because of what you know. You're the citizen and you know things. So family, friends, and coworkers may be used as a mean to gain information about you. So always report suspicious behavior. This is targeted to employees of the DOD and the military and other federal agencies that conduct this course to know that, you know, what if you have like this cousin that's asking just too many questions or kind of you catch him snooping within your paperwork or sniffing your clothes or asking you where you're going, right? This is just to cover um, and show that there may be some kind of threat. So being the target, you got to use, huh, look at that. First things first, common sense and basic counterintelligence awareness can protect you against foreign intelligence entity attempts to collect classified, unclassified, or sensitive information. Now, what are the adversary's goals? And now let's speak to that because I think this is where we can, you know, tidy up today's lesson on the goals. The goals that they have is to defeat whatever objective you have to advance their own interests. So they want to collect information. And this is what they do, you know, when they're spying on your little chats, uh, when you're talking to each other. This is why I highly urge that you guys meet offline. You have a face and a name, right? And nothing can move out of that unless they're recording conversations and doing whatever. But, you know, then you have to think, damn, I can't protect myself. This is all like too, oh, too much. And it's like, guys, Here's rule number one. One thing that I learned too in the hard way of having faith, and I can't instill faith in people in, in the sense of, no, just, just do it because I said so. But you will never be able to avoid having someone trying to collect information about you, look at your information, steal your information, spy on you, sabotage you. It'll always be there. The one thing you can control is how you respond to everything. One thing you can control is how you respond. You know, I had people that I knew were tapped by the count by counterintelligence operators within, you know, Langley that were moderating my channel. Okay? I'm not dumb. But the thing is, you need sometimes to allow people to see things so that they feel, one, that they have a full picture, but two, to identify that there is no threat. 
And when there is no threat, they get cocky. And this is where they do things like they did in 2022 with the elections. So again, what are their goals? To collect your information and advance their interests. Manipulate the intelligence you gather. You know, like you see these exposed Flynn networks, the Bergy bullshit. You know how they take things and they say things and they skew things. You know how they use shadows on the back of a picture to, you know, the red string, the digital red string, all of that. They manipulate any information you gather. You know, there could be uh, legitimate information about, you know, this whole vaccine stuff, but then they use some other doctor and because they're a doctor, they're skewing that information and bringing it in and tidying it up. It's always about, you know, just mudding, mud, muddying the information so you can't see straight. And on top of that, they counter national security operations. So there could be operations within the nation um, that, um, you know, they want to counter, right? Because, uh, for example, they one operation nationally that's going on, right? National security or whatever. What did they say? It was the moms and the dads at the at the school boards, right? That's why the FBI was all over it, remember? So one thing is they want to stop you from going to the school boards, right? That's the adversary, right? Stop you from going to the school boards. Who's the adversary? It's the unions. It's the, uh, you know, whatever, senior DOJ, who knows, whatever. But what they see is their goal is to counter whatever you're doing. So if you're being effective at the school board, they need to counter that. I'm trying to get that in a more tidier way. Now, let's just go to just talk about the techniques of truth suppression today, which is key and important. Truth suppression is one of the best tools that someone can use. Because if you can suppress the truth, then you have no problem. So one thing is, is that, um, you know, you have to have someone that uh, allegedly looks credible in order to perpetuate truth suppression. So basically, um, if it's not reported, right, it's not news. And so, you know, when we talk about things not being reported, it's because that's actually a technique of truth suppression. So when you see someone that doesn't report something that is news, right, it's purposely done for truth suppression. Why wouldn't they report the truth if it's always about the truth? Why wouldn't they report it? Isn't it supposed to be message over messenger? Why? Because it's called truth suppression. And that is actually one of the ways they get that done is by, hey, no one's talking about it. Therefore, it didn't happen. That is how they operate. Another thing is, you know, um, you will, if, if information goes out and it's a story, what you'll see is they'll use names like um, crazy or uh, conspiracy theory or your conspiracy theories, a kook, a crap part, a liar, a rumor monger. You're just ranting, right? These are all names that they'll use and then they'll use bots or people that they pay for, people that unknowingly but willingly are participating in perpetuating that kind of language. So what you, in order to be able to do this effectively, you have to use use loaded verbs and adjectives, right? So that's the tactic you use. You use loaded verbs and adjectives that you know will trigger, right? That are characterizing, you know, these people in the way you want. Um, and then you just uh, ensure that you can get it up to the point where there's someone that people consider credible to actually reinforce your idea. So that's one of the strategies. You start labeling them with skeptic names and, you know, talking shit down to them just completely. Um, calling them names, crackpots, 
Matsku crazy nutcases. These are actually written down and this is how you do it. And so once that's there, then people start questioning, then they start looking and they give them whatever information they want and how they pose it. And therefore, then it's accepted as true. So this is how you suppress the truth. You don't suppress the actual message. You suppress the person that's delivering the message. And one strategy is to paint them crazy, right? And use names like that. Another one is invoking authority, right? So, um, you know, controlled press and, um, you know, this this fake press is actually very useful. Um, they invoke authority by using, I don't know, their followership because they think they're important. So they have a lot of followers and they're in the in crowd. So you must follow them, right? So they're invoking authority. It's like that guy that calls himself the authority that was talking to me like he knew me and was talking to me from some point of authority that he has no authority from. They just invoke it themselves as if they're important. And the way you do this, and this is textbook, is you get your friends to do the same thing. And that is how you start to push up on the ladder. You get people to vet you because this is how people think. They'll say, well, if that person's okay with it, then I should be okay with it. And that is pandering to a very innate quality that mankind has. You see someone eating a berry from a tree, right? And since that person ate the berry from the tree and they're not dead, then you eat the berry from the tree, right? And another, and, and when it comes to social interaction, you know, you see two people talking to one person and they're smiling and not frowning or crying or in pain or bleeding. Therefore, it is safe to speak to that person. So it's um, what, um, you know, I, you know, loosely say circle jerking, you know, uh, self-reporting, self-thumping, right? These are actually tactics that are written down. Other things that they do is that, you know, anything that's being said, you know, is being dismissed. Like, oh, that's like so old news. Like, you know, th that person reporting this, oh, someone already talked about it. It was like what Akbar was trying to do when, you know, I mentioned that there's, you know, that, that there's actually operations. And I think in the McGrifter video, I pointed it out where he was like, Alex Jones talked about this. And it was like, you're so dumb. No, he didn't. But, um, you know, and, and, and he was crushed. So what they do is they take something and say, oh, everybody knew about that. I'll show you why this is effective. So back in 2015, um, in North Dakota, I had, had requested the OIG uh, to do an investigation uh, in uh, on HHS in North Dakota. There was actually an Office of the Inspector General investigation in regards to child crimes and mishandling of children. I actually did that. And now you're seeing Project Veritas in 2022 suddenly targeting the same thing when they could have actually used North Dakota's report to amplify the issues. And I'll tell you why. And this is where you can see how old news, recycled news, crushes the truth in the beginning. Now, I'm not saying this because they say, oh, you know, Tori asked for this. No, I'm saying they can actually look at the OIG report that they did in North Dakota. It's publicly available. You can look at it. It's an HHS report. It was published in 2015 too, where they found that actual pedophiles were teachers and what they did. In, in addition to that, because of that report, I was able to successfully lobby. And I guess outside lobbies happen too. Um, that I help create, right? This is the whole forum sliding, right? Um, to get the auditor of North Dakota, his name was Josh Gallian, right? 
who got in trouble for doing it. He actually audited them financially, not the OIG just checking their operations. But then based on that report, he audited them and found that they were paying people like $75,000 a month to foster one child. It was the most bizarre thing or that records of foster children and unaccompanied minors from other countries were not being updated. This is all real stuff. And this happened in 2015 when there was a death and that triggered my whole what happened here and I put it together. So um, that all happened in 2015. That was a hot topic in 2015. But now they're visiting it as something new, something that is new. And, and you're going to say, well, it's better late than never. I 1 million percent agree. But what I also disagree with, this could be intentional or non-intentional, the report from 2015 should have been amplified because that report on its own, not spying on people and showing cameras, right? But actually taking that report and amplifying it just the way I did that nobody else did because you want to save the children, but you only want to save the children that make you money and ooze and ahs when you're talking about brands. See, that report in there is so horrific what you would read that is more than enough to kick it off nationwide. So when I see that like Project Veritas do amazing work, don't get me wrong, rather than take that report and work off of it, because, you know, I lost everything putting forward on it. And it is such a shame to see things get skewed and put in the darkness. That actually showed everything from the hustling of the money to the suppression, because there was actually a financial audit that happened. Just so you guys know, the, the auditor, Josh Gallion, after he did that audit, the legislator of North Dakota, they got together and they passed a law saying that he's not allowed to audit anything unless they approve it. That is how much he exposed on the child issues that that state had. I want you guys to you know understand that. So truth suppression also goes by recycling old valid information and trivializing it or making it new. Meaning that anything that you've heard before them is not true. Only what they say going forward is true. And that's commanding the narrative. That's another technique of suppressing the truth or to show the extent of how, um, you know, big the problem is. Another way, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, you suppress the truth is by, you know, shaming someone for saying the truth. Like, why would you dare say that? Like, how could you sit there and just say, like, you know, I don't know, um, I don't believe X, Y, Z, or, you know, how some people say there's no genocide or genocide never happened, right? When you start insulting them for their opinion, that's another way you can suppress the truth by shaming someone into silence, right? By just using words like, oh, my God, who do you think you are? And, ah, bleh, you know, just like little short multiple attacks. That's another tactic used. Uh, another way you can do it is um, you take the actual situation, and this feeds into the whole Project Veritas example that I was giving, and you characterize the situation like super complex. And so that way the truth can't be distinguishable. So, you know, he got all these undercover interviews, he did all that. And he's like, we should ask for an OIG, 
you know, investigation. I already did that. And I already sent that to you in 2015. I already told you that needs to be done. So why are we making it more complicated? It's not complicated. If I got it done, anybody can get it done. All you have to do is file a complaint. That's all you have to do. And I've taught you how to do that, right? With the whole waste, fraud, and abuse thing, right? There's ways that you can ask. But the thing is, they're making it a little bit more intricate, not saying that they're doing it on purpose, okay? Don't get me wrong. And it could be that it's totally something benign, that this is something that came into their purview now. But, you know, I would expect that they research. But anyway, but example again, impossibly complex. So that way the truth cannot even be seen. So you overcomplicate something or you oversimplify something, Right. You oversimplify things too in order to distract the enemy. So you have to characterize crimes or events in like these complex way. So that way nobody can distinguish what the truth really is. And, and that's how it's done. So that's another technique used. You make it so complex that the truth is just, you don't know what the truth is. And this is something that we've been seeing with the elections, right? They have misconstrued what the truth and the facts are. Facts are pretty simple. The tabulation software is where there's the slight happens because it's a black, it's, 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 it's a trap door. You're not allowed to see it and you should be allowed to see by law every single step of the way how your elections are counted and done. So there's the fraud. Another thing is your machines not certified done. We can go into the intricacies of paper using a pen or a Sharpie or feeding it in in barcodes. We can go about the data collection. We can, 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 but the simplicity of it is right there. There are the, here's the issue and, and here's the remedy. What we have seen over these past two years since 2020 is that it's been increasingly overcomplicated in order to disallow us to see that clarity, right? The certifications and the tabulation software issue, right? And, and, and everything else was a facade. It was literally a counterintelligence operation. And they made a lot of money doing it too, right? Another thing is, is that some people come up half clean, like they half, um, you know, uh, express guilt like they'll be like they'll confess to avoid things or you know they take the limited hangout way right um you know where they you know tell you some of the truth but then they keep the other truth because then that's not really the truth it's kind of like let me find an example oh hunter biden's laptop so they 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 we caught them they lied we knew it right that they lied, that it was, you know, misinformation, Russian disinformation, right? So now they're coming out half clean that are going to say, well, it was an election period, so we couldn't let that be public because that's what we do. And we don't prosecute during election periods. That's a common thing. So this is what a half-ass, you know, confession sounds like. Yeah, we knew that we lied about the whole Hunter Biden laptop, but, you know, it was a matter of national security because we had elections, so we couldn't do that. And then afterwards, we couldn't have it in that because, you know, we had some health reasons. And so we had to lie about it again because they were doing an investigation on our own president he's that corrupt you know it can cost this and that and we're on tight rope right now with china and all these other nations so we kind of lied about hunter biden's laptop because of that and um you know this is it that's what half clean means that means that now you know you've got their back up against the wall and so what yeah we did it because it was national security what are you going to say about it you can't do anything about that they just go into the like this limited hangout type thing right where they're just like okay yeah we messed up we totally lied about his laptop but you know we admit to that, but you know what? We did it because of this, right? So that's like peddling some stuff to keep, 
to, to kind of qualify um, their activities. Uh, you know, another way that, that you can suppress truth is just to brazenly lie. You know, that's just that. You know, you just attribute some facts and make it sound like it's plausible or, you know, and then you have like a bunch of anonymous accounts like redoing it. And there you go. Truth suppression galore. Everything's just a lie. You just say it. And done. Um, another tactic that we use in the intelligence community when trying to hijack the reality of people is that we get um, credible enough uh you know, social media followings or people that seem to have a fan base to pose questions, right? Um, to have them go down rabbit holes and you have to make it interesting. And that, and that is, that's why, um, uh, the Q, um, implementation that we had in Iraq back in the day, uh, was so successful and, um, other implementations of technology, you know, the, in that, in that same of a cyber forum way. And that's why I said the Q thing. Um, the cyber forum way um, have been very successful because, you know, you send people down rabbit holes and you just like, it's like, you know, uh, this cat, you know, was found dead and strapped like this, who done it? And then you kind of give them some clues and you send them off and they're going to research about this cat when the cat has nothing to do with what their concerns are in the first place, if that helps. So, uh, you know, you just uh, get your skeptics and the people that are, you know, pretty thirsty in regards to certain topics. So if the vaccines are your problem, you go into there. If it's having babies, uh, you know, and getting pregnant, you go there. If it's, uh, you know, I'm concerned about the French, you go there. You have them asking questions about things that they are more interested in and therefore you keep them distracted. And, you know, all of this truth suppression happens by flooding the internet, which is agents, right? Um, people that will interact with you, people that will answer questions and even motivate someone to kind of research what they say. I mean, you can even take a look at the chat room that we have for the Tory Sess chat and Telegram. It is completely schizophrenic. Everyone's talking about a various things. Obviously, aside from the spammers that, you know, keep posting thirsty, you know, posts like join mine or there's going to be secret stuff here. I see everyone um, playing, you know, marching to the own beat of their drum. And uh, there's not a lot of, um, I would say, uh, consistency in the actual discussions that are being had. Uh, there are many times that those are done correctly, but many times that they are not. I, I see that, you know, like I said, everyone's talking about Balenciaga and no one's talking about Gucci and Louis and Chanel and all these people that are using Adidas, which is a common factor. Nobody steps back to look at these things. Then we talk about Kanye and all this stuff. And it's like, are we talking about CAA? Are we talking about the fact now everyone's talking about how AOC was hired in an actress. We know this. So again, the question is, why are we being stuck on conversations that we already know we need to be proceeding forward, asking the right questions? We have so much information happening right now, so many things, and it is purposely being done to suppress the truth. And the truth is that you've all been hoodwinked. That is the bottom line, right? The bottom line. You know, there is a continuous um, attempt to marginalize any critics continuously. 
you know, they call people grifters. They say they have a political agenda. They don't trust them for this. They don't trust them for that. The one thing I can tell you is the truth suppression attack that we have is immense. I watch it every day on truth social, on all social media platforms. The suppression is real. You know, people will sit there and call people grifting and they don't seem to understand that grifting is actually doing nothing. There are people that are actually working. Maybe they're working wrong, but they're still working, uh, you know, and you can see what the person's intentions are by what they're doing. You know, that, this is why I was like pointing out Tracy Beans. And I know a lot of people, you know, that that listen and follow her. I don't really give a shit. You can follow and look at whoever you want. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm telling you how I see it, right? These are all agents. They are not your friend. They are not doing this because of love of, I love journalism kind of thing, right? There are people that actually love journalism. There are people that actually love what they do and they focus on it, but these people are not it. They are agents. They are perpetuating ideas. They are, and, and they take advantage of the fact that, you know, you have a seven second time, like time span. And, and the reason I brought up Tracy Beans again, aside from the fact that I'm, you know, super salty that she even tried to attempt to say that I had, that her writer was plagiarized by me when he wrote an article about something that I wrote about six months ago and he literally copied my shit, right? Aside from that, and I was pissed, right? But mistakes happen, you know, whatever. I see her forcing people to, to do things. I see them recruiting people into rooms. Oh, come to this platform and let's do this. Oh, let's have this meeting. Let's do a Zoom call. Let's all talk about this. Let's do that. Give me your information. Sign up for my things. Now I have your email and your device ID. These are the things that are a problem for me, that they're all influence operation agents. They are actually counterintelligence. And what they're doing is there's a multiple, they're, they're the actual counterintelligence by the bad guys to the people. So that way they stop resisting what they're doing. And there's also counterintelligence on the count, good counterintelligence people that are counterintelligencing. So it's like one person is being attacked by another, another comes in to save them. And that other one that came to save them is also being attacked. It's again, it's almost like a layer and it's constantly happening. And I can't explain it in any other way. Yes. Uh, we, we are in a lot of trouble. Yes, uh, it will be a very big problem for us very, very soon. And you will see that. But it's important to understand how they're suppressing the truth. They're disrupting agendas. They're sidetracking discussions. They're constantly interrupting, you know, flow of thought within whatever conversation you're having. You know, they try to pretend, oh, I didn't know. You know, they just pretend that they're dumb, right? And then they just make these accusations about people that they don't even know. These are regular, regular things. And then saboteurs. We have saboteurs. You see that all the time in your little groups that you guys make, you know, um, they also pretend like they actually give a shit. They just insert themselves. I mean, um, John Sullivan, the guy that, you know, did the Jada next, the video stuff, he's a saboteur. He's literally an, uh, an intelligence community element saboteur or CAA element. Okay. He's the one that like pretends he's an activist for black lives matter or whatever he was pretending to do. He would print flyers. He would demonstrate all by himself on a soapbox. He would get people together. He would solicit funding for like grassroots stuff from rich people. Right. 
right? He would like confuse issues. Are you Black Lives Matter? Or are you Guns Matter? Because he was on both of them, right? Um, you know, you make demands that are weird. You confuse people. You compromise the goal. And that's what you do. That's what a saboteur does. They come in and they pretend they're one of you. And then they try to guide all of you to do it their way, which is to sabotage whatever you were doing. Right. And, you know, they push initiatives and do whatnot. A lot of them do it unwillingly. But I'm going to tell you this. This is a massive operation. And they do not want you to succeed. They want to establish leaders within your ranks. And sometimes they'll actually set someone up so they can fail. They try to make people compromise on things like, yeah, we don't want, you know, abortion, but um, maybe we should allow abortion to be free and open to people under 18. That, you know, they'll give you some kind of whatever. They're instigating violence. They'll tell you, oh, we won't do violence unless they do it first. But, you know, they pretend that they're, you know, good people. You know, they find ways that they can taunt, you know, the powers that be. These are the people that come in to your grassroots movements, to your communities to skew you the other way. And, and this is why it's important that people understand that. 2023 is, you know, I'm going to be doing my New Year's show and I'm going to tell you one thing about 2023. It's not going to be nice. It's going to escalate and it's going to happen. There are people that are, there are more people on the payroll to sabotage the people of the United States than you would even conceive right now spinning around you. Aside from the reporters of brick and mortar that you know, aside from the influencers that have uh, clearly, like I said, you must be patient. Everyone always pulls their pants down at some point. But you have seen your influencers infighting and talking about teaming up and being just one consistent message. You have people that are inconsistent that give you one message, but then say another, they change your mind, they change their mind and they're not consistent and they're actively recruiting people. This is how you identify that where they recruit you to post a special emoji, recruit you to sign up to this, recruit you to do that. These are very important things and they will surveil you like nobody's business. Counterintelligence operations are, um, I have to say, quite confusing. They, how do I, how do I, aside from hijacking your mind, I'm trying to find the right, um, the right slide from this. Give me a second. Because I want the people that are watching it on video to understand it. Give me a second. This is a pretty good slide. This is giving examples. I don't think I can go, oh, I can. Duh. I could do that. I think I can. Hold on a second, you guys. I think I can do that. Am I? No? 
I think I can scroll down rather than have to wait. Um, no, I can't. Damn it. All right, I have to skip through. Give me a sec. Okay, intelligence collection tradecraft. Intercepts of cell phones, other wireless signal, technical eavesdropping. Intercepts of open telephone line. Intercepts in hotels while TDY. Looking through the trash, dumpster diving. Simple conversations, online chat rooms, or in person. And hacking into unclassified systems. This is how they collect. These are the collection methods that they have. So I want you to think of yourself on your everyday life, just how much intelligence collection is happening. You're going to say, well, no one's looking at me. I'm just, you know, someone online expressing my whatever and I'm digging into thing and researching. Don't you get it? You're all on the system. You've been on the system for decades now. Everyone is on the relay. It just hasn't been deployed. So again, the intelligence collection is huge, right? And I take it back to the question, whereas you all know that I did go to my school board. I went there a couple times. I sued the school. Why didn't DHS come knocking on my door, but they went to other parents? Again, it's because of the information that they can collect separately. The way they, you know, like I said, intelligence collection, tradecraft, right? Those were the methods that they do it. Now, a cyber threat is this. We're not going to go into that today. Hold on. I want to show you. So they talk about Bradley Manning. We'll go through that because that was like one of the biggest psychological operations that they deployed on the people. Okay, economic espionage. Give me a second. Oh, here we go. Indicators of foreign intelligence entity targeting. Okay, this is an important slide. So it says... You know, some indicators that you're a target of foreign intelligence is that you're being invited to a lecture or attend a conference in a foreign country. Um, you've been singled out for socializing or you get some special attention. Um, you're meeting a foreign national and becoming romantically involved, honeypot, right? <laughs> uh, becoming personally involved with someone who's a foreign intelligence officer of another foreign intelligence agency. So basically, you get lured into it by pandering that what you're doing is great, almost like these influencers that were collected. It was one guy saying for another guy, and it's never going to be some guy sitting behind a chair with a cigar and a pile of cocaine saying, hey, you have just been elevated to join our cool group because we're the influencers of, I don't know, Twitter, Instagram, truth, whatever, right? It's not like that. It's always made to be seen organic. So let's pretend that I was the head honcho and I was like, yeah, I'm the digital I'm the digital string gang kingpin, right? So I get to decide, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell one account, yeah, I totally agree. That account that looks up to me as the Don will then go to the other account and tell them. And then suddenly it's a consensus rather than direct. It's just, you know, that they all feel like they all consented to that opinion rather than that be told them. Now, how do you know this? So for those people that have been victim of that, like those digital red string accounts, and I know all of you stalk my stuff to find out what's news, so you know what to say, but here are some indicators that you have been targeted of that. And when I say foreign, it doesn't mean China. There are enemies that are domestic that should be treated as foreign entities. So let's move along. Unreported contact with foreign nationals. We have a lot of people that are in the influence circuit that hold events, that pay for things that are Canadian, Mexican, and other and of other nationalities. 
So if you have been approached by someone that gets funding, I don't know, from Canada or, I don't know, Mexico or Singapore, and they're throwing events, well, maybe that should tell you that you may be having unreported contact with foreign officials. Attempting to get access right? Um, without a need to know. So how are they getting into your inner circle? Why would they have to know, uh, you know, who you're circle jerking with, who your buddy is, right? Why? Unexplained absences. So, you know, this big funder or whoever put on these events uh, can't explain why they've been absent from your, you know, purview or life or guiding you because they've just been, I've been really busy, right? That's another thing. That's when you know you're a target, that is when you know you are under espionage now, excessive downloads and other things or whatever, right? But this is how you know that you've been targeted to be, um, you know, used as um, a pawn in a counterintelligence operation. Now, there are many things that people can actually do. Um, you know, obviously someone who's uh, worked for the federal government or the military knows that it's called the OPSEC and you maintain it. And I've said it many, many times, intelligence is mosaic because you have no idea what piece of information the other person is missing. So you make sure that whatever you say is what you're okay with people to know, right? That is, that's key. Now, why would you care? Well, this whole operation is being conducted on our whole nation. And what I want you to know is the information that is being collected for you from you is being used against you. I did tell you about the unions being broke. You're going to see that come into fruition because in 2023, there's going to be literally cities on fire, on fire. This can all, this could have been avoided, but the biggest counterintelligence operation was deployed against anyone that spoke truth, anyone. And there were many that failed to sabotage. Anyone who spoke truth. Let me, where is it? Reportable contacts. Hold on. Where's that? It's not in there. You have to complete a quiz at the end of this. It's not on this document. It'll probably be on the next one where we're actually going to delve in. I just wanted to talk about truth suppression. I want you all to understand that even every single piece of news that you see is skewed and is tainted. It's seen from the eyes of the person that's reporting. It's seen from the eyes of the person that's being funded by whoever's funded. And it's being seen through the eyes of a person who feels that they need to be part of a pack in order to survive. There are a lot of things that will be happening in the next coming months. And it's all good because the best is coming. And that's a fact. You can't get worse. I mean, you can't, you know. There are certain commandments that people adhere to when discussing counterintelligence. As I said, we are under a counterintelligence attack. And those that are trying to counterintelligence attack, the counterintelligence attack are also being counterintelligence attacked. So it's just an onion that keeps going. So I'll end today with this. One of the commandments of counterintelligence is pretty simple. Never give up. That is literally one of the commandments. In a writing that was done uh, for the George Bush School of Government by um, Olson. 
I quote, the 10th and last commandment of counterintelligence is the most important. What if the Ames mole hunters had quit after eight years instead of going into the ninth? What if in my own experience, we had discontinued a certain surveillance operation after five months instead of continuing into the sixth? Counterintelligence history is full of such examples. Now, the FBI makes cases against Americans today that involves espionage that was committed in the 60s and the 70s. The Army's foreign counterintelligence activity is doing the same thing. The name of the game in counterintelligence is persistence. Counterintelligence officers who are not patient do not apply for the job. There is no statute of limitations for espionage, and we should not create one by our own inactions. Traders should know that they will never be safe and will never have a peaceful night's sleep. Counterintelligence persons in the FBI, a while back, they had uh, an arrest in Florida of former U.S. Army Reserve Colonel for alleged espionage against the United States many, many years earlier. Those counterintelligence agents at the FBI did not give up. The thing is, counterintelligence investigations should always be kept on a continuous basis and never give up. And so I want you to think, you should never get up, give up in countering the counterintelligence operation. But keep in mind, their mantra is also to never give up. So this is to, as they say, the death, right? May the strongest man or woman win in never giving up. And the thing is, to never give up, you have to say, well, what am I never giving up? Am I never giving up what? What are you doing right now? What are we doing right now? We're trying to be free. I wanted to go back to where it was. No, you don't. Back to where it was, was where you didn't know, and all of this was happening. The world is a very, very ugly place. So what are you trying to do? Not have it be an ugly place. Rectify the wrong that happened. Ensure that this never happens again. That's where you're at right now. President Trump's motivational speech that I play over and over again is exactly that, and this is where we should end it. Counterintelligence operations demand that you are relentless. Well, you're currently on the receiving end of a counterintelligence operation. And since they're in counterintelligence, I can tell you one thing they are relentless to. They will stop at nothing. Therefore, you should stop at nothing too. Giving up is losing. Don't forget, winners are simply losers that tried one more time. They could have been losers at any time just by stopping and not being persistent. So I will see you guys tomorrow and please pay attention to what the president is telling you. One thing's for sure. Listen to your president. Some of them may look back and ask themselves whether they've made the right choice, whether they've made the most of the opportunities they've been given. 
Together, we have the same mission. Over the course of your life, you will find that things are not always fair. You will find that things happen to you that you do not deserve and that are not always warranted. But you have to put your head down and fight, fight, fight. Never, ever, ever give up. Don't give in, don't back down, and never stop doing what you know is right. Nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. And the more righteous your fight, the more opposition that you will face. In your hearts are inscribed the values of service, sacrifice, and devotion. Now you must go forth into the world and turn your hopes and dreams into action. America has always been the land of dreams because America is a nation of true believers. When the pilgrims landed at Plymouth, they prayed. When the founders wrote the Declaration of Independence, they invoked our Creator four times. Because in America, we don't worship government, we worship God. It is why our currency proudly declares, in God we trust. And it's why we proudly proclaim that we are one nation under God. The story of America is the story of an adventure that began with deep faith, big dreams, and humble beginnings. The next generation of American leaders never, ever give up. There'll be times in your life you'll want to quit, never quit. Never stop fighting for what you believe in and for the people who care about you. Carry yourself with dignity and pride. Demand the best from yourself. The more people tell you it's not possible, that it can't be done, the more you should be absolutely determined to prove them wrong. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider the more that a broken system tells you that you're wrong, the more certain you should be that you must keep pushing ahead. You must keep pushing forward. And always have the courage to be yourself. America is better when people put their faith into action. Pray to God and follow his teachings. Today, each of you begins a new chapter as well. When your story goes from here, it will be defined by your vision, your perseverance, and your grit. You will build a future where we have the courage to chase our dreams no matter what the cynics and the doubters have to say. You will have the confidence to speak the hopes in your heart and to express the love that stirs your souls. As long as you have pride in your beliefs, courage in your convictions, and faith in God, then you will not fail. As long as America remains true to its values, 
loyal to its citizens and devoted to its creator, then our best days are yet to come. May God bless the class of 2017. May God bless the United States of America. And I just want to let you know that God blesses you. And I want to just say, you are special in every way. God bless you and God, God bless America. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, remember, for all of you, oh, I thought it was going to be like this. No one said all pain is bad. This will be the first Christmas that you see Christmas for what it is. I hope that makes sense to you. So, <laughs> Merry Christmas. I'm going to be playing Christmas music, uh, you know, when I end my shows all the time. So, I just want to say uh, Merry Christmas because you're going to be realizing what Christmas is. Just now. 